Fuck pain. Fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, Bridget and Danielle are back for another sweet serving of the Drunken Dows Podcast. First up, an update on Bridget's journey to avoid homelessness. Success over the long haul with the help of tenacity. Give people some slack, especially yourself. The incredible amount of distraction in the digital age. Straw bales, eight feet from Elvis, and there's no rule that says you can't be kind in hell. Here we go. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, Batten down the hatches and prepare to open your mind for the Drunken Dows podcast begins now. Welcome back, everybody, to the final episode of the Drunken Dows podcast. We have reverse polarity at the table today to see what happens to shake things up. Yes. Episode 212, which you could flip either way and it would say the same thing. Oh, indeed, it must does. be an important one. And it is a good one. I already listened to it. I have not. I'm about to listen and write the episode notes. I think you're going to be pleased. But, people of Earth. This must be said. McVinville, Tennessee County teachers, not teachers, the school board has banned Mouse, the graphic novel, from eighth graders' reading lists. Oh, what's the deal? Mouse is a, a Pulitzer Prize graphic novel, and it's about instead of the Jews, it's the mice versus the cats. Okay. And this is an incredible piece of work that every child must read. And it's bad because... Uh... Um, the reason they say it needs to go is that it has nudity, which is mouse form, mouse boobs, so it's not even human. Yeah, this can make Savannah crazy because she'll oh, wow. get you some nudity to make your eyes bleed. Yeah. And the word bitch is used somewhere in the text. Wow. Oh, and there's a suicide. Okay. Oh, and it's an explanation of what it was like to live during uh, the Holocaust. Yeah. But they don't mention that. It's the nudity and the horrific language they're taking these books they're banning books naked mice yes naked mice are an excellent uh, reason to ban books clearly well it's, it's, especially in the time of the internet yeah i as a child when we had to get hold of like printed material of naked yeah. boobs yeah in the early 80s this was not an, this was not an easy feat and i'm gonna go crazy and suggest that not too many people get wildly riled up about the drawing of mice naked boobs there's but, somebody. You know, I'm sure there is. <laughs> there always is. <laughs> but for the most part, but. no. So now that's just insanity. And, you know, and a lot of other LBGTQ books are being tossed aside as well. But what is inspirational is the kids showed up at the meeting of the school board and just railed on them. How dare you? Yeah. Didn't work. But all I got to say on episode 212's intro is what the fuck is going on? I'm yeah. trying to think of, hmm. Some sort of uh, organization that was all about burning books not yeah. all that long ago. And what slippery slope are we on? They don't want people to vote. They don't want you to read. 
They certainly don't want you educated unless it's a charter school for some church. Yeah. I think I That's think we lot. should tackle... I need to actually listen what we did tackle in this episode that you guys are about to hear because at this moment I don't remember. But one thing that I think we should tackle, maybe in the next one, would be... I've been rereading... Chris Ryan civilized to death and really feeling like that's one of the most important books written in our time. Yes, uh, because it really spells out what's going on. And I think it explains a lot about the degree of anger, frustration, and just politics of insanity that tends to rule public discourse, especially internet. But uh, I think like we tend to focus on the symptoms and not at the root causes. And Chris does a great job at focusing on the root causes. And I think that's uh, that should make a good future drunken Taoist that we should uh, dive I'll do in. a fresh reread myself because last time it was a hurry because we were, we're going to interview him tomorrow. Yeah, so. no, it's fantastic. I mean, and honestly, just to give praise where praise is due, of all the people we've met in podcasting, Chris has been one of the guys who has been the most consistent in terms of uh, somebody you like at one point in time and 10 years later, you still like him just the same. You know, there's none of that. Like, you know, we have met some people who have been wonderful at one point in time and then you look five years later and you go like, whoa, what the hell happened there? You but, spiraled uh, out of control somehow. Yeah, Chris is you just know, and a good guy. It's not that he's not in change. It's just more like he's pulled himself into focus. Yeah. He's more... I don't know. No, Chris is a great guy. His books are fantastic. Yep. Um, I wish he had written more, but at the same time, because I like him, I enjoy the fact that he enjoys his life and is not glued to the computer all the time, cranking stuff out. It's, but yeah, brilliant stuff that I think we should tackle in the future because it explains a lot of what's going on today. That just shocked me. So yeah, yeah. I want to say it as quick as possible. No, We're no. not going to start burning books around here. Right, that's uh, probably... Oh, and speaking of school board, and uh, Isa was uh, rather proud of having single-handedly changed the dress code at her school that she found uh, extremely one-sided, where the general boys thing is like, try to Clothes. have pants on sometime. Yeah, and, a bit and, more uh, than a loincloth and you're okay. With the, with the girls, there was about 22 pages of stuff of what you can and cannot do, so it was like, yeah, so she was not too thrilled with that, and she was rather proud of having tackled it and succeeded. So fight the power. That's what's up. Let's say some thank you to yes. uh, GrasslandBeef.com. Oh. Yes, so oh, for real, they are. They seriously are one of the our primary motivators to crank out episodes. <laughs> they are so good to us <laughs> that it's not even funny. So check out uh, GrasslandBeef.com. They, the variety of products they have is uh, rather astounding, so take your time through the website, see if there's anything that may fit your budget and desires. We got butter and cheese out of them as well. Did not know that. Incredible. And we got pimlican bars, which are yep. awfully awesome, but giant three-pound roast. Oh, yeah. That was the first official meal we made at our house after we unpacked enough to be able to do it, and it made the whole place smell nice. Yeah. no, Incredible. they are. It's all great. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Fantastic quality for sure. So thank you to Grassland Beef. Thank you to Sure Design T-shirts who have been in our corner since the start. Savannah is sitting close to us with one of our Sure Design T-shirts. That's fantastic. Uh, also, thank you. I think I gave you last time some. Robotanics.com. That's 
rawbotanics.com yep. for their CBD products. Did you have a chance to play with it already? Or? I love it. I've been using the Recover, which it says it might be for hangovers, but it's also just nice in the morning to kind of give you that juicy boost that you need. And Gretchen is really digging the sleep. So nice. both of them pretty outstanding. Beautiful. So check them out at robotanics.com. And of course, the usual thank you to zebraathletics.com for the mats in my garage that form a beautiful homemade dojo. The sweet folks keeping the drunk in the drunken Taoist, which I have to say I've been indulging a little too much. So I maybe cut it slightly for the next (laughs) couple of weeks because... you know, getting wine from uh, the nice people of uh, Sellers and MateraWines.com, that stuff is good. And, uh, you know, you start once in a while, and before you know it is every day, and before you know it every day, start increasing the amount. I'm like, okay, I think I need to cut now. I need to... But on the other end, I very much look forward after I do my two, three weeks cleanup to imbibing... A... Is that even a verb? It is. Great. the verb perfect because yeah they are so good so yep on that happy note i would say oh we got of course how could i forget we got we got names to butcher right absolutely let the butchering begin let's screw some up let's <laughs> see what we got thank you to these sweet folks nicola Togni, andre garapetian samuele rudelli jim d'amico froggy style productions justin howell uh steven rados lane raper donald chip witten thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you and if you guys buy on amazon please use the link dbamazing.com letter d letter b amazing.com that would be fantastic anything else we need to add or can we just roll i think it's time to roll see you on the other side Yeah, rolling. Okay. Mr. Evers. Hello. Tell us a little bit about the joys of near homelessness that has been set gladly avoided. So this is a success story. We are not there, but uh, it didn't look so great for a while. The skin of our teeth. What do tell? What has happened? My um, classy landlord decided the move was to sell the house out from under us Mm -hmm. and it was actually a trick that had been put together almost a year ago they had this in mind in california once you go a year on a lease you go month to month right and once you're month to month you have a lot of protections Mm -hmm. especially when you're five or six years into it yeah but when she kicked the rent up last year she said i want to um let's just do a new lease, you know, da, da, da. she had some sort of excuse and I didn't pay attention or even think about it or realize the jeopardy I was putting myself into. So it's like, here you go. So when it reached month 12, actually two months before, she said, you know, we want to sell the house, so we're not going to renew the lease that I never should have signed. So fun. definitely all my fault for just being ignorant. But clearly you could just go and rent a new place and what's the problem with that exactly and in normal times that would have been a pain in the ass but not on the level it was mm-hmm. everything for rent out here in southern california the moment it would go on the market a the rents were up a thousand dollars from a year ago and b with no one really being evicted in the since the beginning of the pandemic 
no availability. So Camarillo to Carpinteria is like like a 20-mile corridor that we sort of wanted to be in. Well, we didn't yeah. want to be in or we wanted to be where the hell we were. Right. Um, you would get up in the morning, there might be seven houses available in that entire region. Right. And the second you would sign up for one to go look at, it was probably already rented. Right. So, and I was up at 5.30, sifted through it. And every day would be, well, can't afford it, can't afford it, can't afford it. Oh, this one looks shitty, but doable. Oh, it's gone. Right. For weeks. Yep. So that 60 days, I told them we're not going, got another 30 out of it. And then it got to December. So we were literally squatting in our house. And I wasn't actually concerned that the sheriff was coming because I had actually spoken to county officials and they're like, look, A, no judge is going to sign an order of eviction before Christmas. And they're so backed up, you know, you're not cooking meth in there. You've been there for six years. It's going to be a tough one. So we could probably hang out for a while, but... When you reach a point, you know, yeah. if you know that nobody wants you there, hanging out is not what you want to no, do. No, it's not comfortable. And also, the clock is ticking anyway. You yeah, can hang it out, is going to happen you know at some you point. you have a month or two, at whatever it is, not that long. So And nowhere to go. Yeah. So, yeah. that's not So, the, the most... stress was building. And yeah. I, I, I kind of famously say, you know, I tried to save the panic till after the crisis. Mm-hmm. But even I was beginning to crack. Cause right. Of course. You know, it had wrecked Thanksgiving. Of course. It, we No Christmas. We yep. didn't decorate. My wife loves Christmas. So yep. she, everybody. And the worst part is we both got our new jobs, like, right before this notice. Right. So I've been doing this job for almost three months, and I've never had a day where I could go and actually enjoy it because in the back of my head, from the drive up, from the drive back to every moment. Where am I going to live? Where are we going to go? Yeah, yeah. What are we going to do? Yeah. And... I don't know, man. It was insane. Yep. That does not sound like a fun experience. And then came the Monday after Christmas as the police are finally coming in to take our freedom in the helicopter. We're out 9 o'clock in the morning on the Monday after Christmas where I believe the majority of folks are not exactly doing much other than still trying to digest. Yep. And, uh, you know, there was other people there when we got there. But it was six blocks from our old house. And I think the only thing, when you go through any of these larger firms or these, these yeah. property rental places, first of all, they're asking for like 700 credit scores and above, right. proof of jobs that go back years. You know, we both spent a good amount of the last 18 months unemployed because of COVID. Right. So all that was wrecked. So there's no hope. Any one of these bigger firms we went to, we are like, no, because we would end up on the list of 40. We were definitely 19 or below. Yeah. And they would give it to, you know, someone that had cash on hand was ready to go. So it really looked like this was going to be unsurvivable. Um, I think this woman took mercy on us. I mean, she realized, she heard the six years. She realized that we were close to where we wanted to be. Yeah. And she could have picked a lot of other people. But she said, just put your stuff through. You, you're close enough. You know, she was willing to bend the rules, just her and another woman run into place. Not just wait. And sometimes that's all that it turns to, which is actually an important thing to keep in mind because the, the big difference right there is somebody choosing to be kind to somebody who clearly needs it in that moment where you yep. need a break in that moment. And somebody goes like, you know what? You seem trustworthy enough. I'll give you a break. And that's exactly what happened. And that makes all the difference in the world. So that's a big one. Yeah. I mean, more than ever, it just proves me these people that are 
you know, they're working their jobs with their corporate realtors yeah. and all this stuff, but they are, there's no flexibility. They don't have any room because, my God, if that, if, if we end up being flakes, yeah, yeah, don't pay the rent, then it's on them. Of course. And, you know, I, I, I understand the word miracle is a large miracle, but it's, it's a large word, not probably totally appropriate, but for us, it was in a moment where we looked like yep. nothing was going to happen. So then it was like instant. There was like two nights where we had to wait. So we sent it in, and she said, everything looks good. I just need to hear from your landlord. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, and apparently, this bitch almost scuttled it. Right. Now, what I don't understand, yeah, what are if you want me you? out of your house, yeah. it seems like the immediate response would be, they're the finest people I've ever met. Yeah. I've never seen rent paid so promptly in my life. No. Apparently, she was like, nebulous and not wanting to give any answers and right. not giving any sort of positive and uh because i talked to the woman the next day about it and she said well the end is always awkward and it was indeed correct I mean, right and she saw past all that and gave us the chance and now and and so and the reason it's a miracle six blocks from our house the things we needed were single story because Gretchen can't do the yeah. stairs so well anymore. Check. The reason the landlord the landlord came to pick up the keys on December first, and we're like, sorry, and she got to look at the garden we had put in the backyard and lost her mind. She's like, my beautiful lawn, where has it gone? A, you hadn't made a check one in six years, right? So you were really concerned, and when we had arrived, just like the whole place, it was rickety as fuck. But they had sort of slapped some paint on it. No new carpet. The carpet was at least 10 years old. Shit would leak all the time. And every yeah. time we'd call for, sell, for help, she would send her, her brother over. Who We caught the motherfucker right. one time with his girlfriend sitting on our couch, eating our food, watching TV while he was supposed to be fixing our... Come on. Wow. So it had never been pleasant for a long time. But um, the backyard, she had laid sod down on this dead salty clay earth we have you know close to the ocean so it didn't even last four months well but now that's not the problem anymore now it's not the problem and not only that the new property manager said you can grow anything you want back here and i said let me get and it's a little bigger yard wise i said let me get this straight if i put 10 rows of corn back here i can do that right she said i don't care if you're growing stuff i know that that's a good thing and we can always, you know, because it's already in rough shape anyway. So the so the Strawberry Nation will rise out of its new location, which I'm super excited about. That is going to be happening mid-February. We want to get the first one, and we're going to start from a dead lawn, and hopefully over a few years, document and show folks how to do it from the very beginning. I so. was actually thinking about the whole Strawberry Nation thing because there was a mental connection in my brain this morning because... Uh, we were chatting about it before the podcast. This may seem completely unrelated. There's actually is a connection here. <laughs> is um, so the other day, as we are recording on January 12 or something. So this is Correct. probably going to be end of the month or early February when we release. But we are recording January 12. I'm hoping to have this to the people before the end of January. Right. As and, an apology. Uh, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> The other day I got my black belt in jiu-jitsu, which is a clear segue into Strobel Nation, yeah, obviously. seems exactly the same. No, there actually is, in, and this is why. Um, I started grappling. Like, normally, jiu-jitsu black belts take forever, right? They are typically a 10 to 12-year process kind of thing. Wow. 
unlike many martial arts, jiu-jitsu is a long, long haul. In my case, it's way longer. I started grappling, I think, like 21 years ago, something like that. Now, a lot of that, I did not have the money for jiu-jitsu schools, so a lot of it early on was uh, rolling in people's garages kind of thing. Uh, eventually, after many years of doing that, so of course you're not moving through belts or anything, You are, uh, and also you're picking up things. It's interesting because you pick up things somewhat unorthodox. Uh, you, know, you, you pick up a move here and there, so you lack some major basics that you should have, but you pick up some cool things along the way. Are bad habits problem as well? Yeah, yeah of course, of course. There's stuff that is like, you should have learned it on day two, <laughs> and you never have. And it's like, so there was that. Then I ended up uh, training at Cal State Long Beach because it was pretty much free. It was like a student club kind of shit. So it was, uh, that was fun. Got to do that. Uh, before eventually working my way to actual... So the process has been insanely long. And part of it is it's insanely long in a way that I always knew. Like you see some people who pick up jiu-jitsu, they get really passionate. They start training four, five, six days a week kind of thing. Sometimes double days, morning and evening type of stuff. Do that's, those folks burn out? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. They just find their passion and yeah. that's what they do when they have free time. I knew that based on the way my life is structured, my interest and thing, I was never going to have that kind of time and dedication to this one thing. I love martial arts, but let's be real. <laughs> there are other things I want to do, you know? <laughs> so it's like, that's great some of the time. So I always knew that I was going to be the two, three times a week kind of guy. That's when things are good. There are the times that are not good that may even be less. So I was like, look, compared to the people who start training and they train two a day kind of thing, of course, it's going to be a much slower journey. But my approach was like, so what? You know, some is better than none. I enjoy doing it. So yep. I'm not in a rush. I'm not trying to compete with somebody else to get there first. So, and then I notice a pattern that applies to my life and brings me back to Strobel Nation, which is the power of damn slow persistence where it's not that you suddenly have this major talent that you're going to go through in one second or even this dedication where you can just push really hard uh, 100% for the next three. No, it's like eventually I'm not letting go of this idea. So at some point it's going to get done. Yep. Our, uh, you know, I've done it with, I remember ever since I was a kid, like people would be passionate about one thing and they forget about it a month later. And unless it has happened in that month, they never go for it. I would still be holding on to an idea three years later. And, uh, and suddenly then I may find a way to get it done. Right. I may, maybe I, like I remember I wanted to get these t-shirts done and I did not have money for it. And I stuck with that concept for long enough that eventually through back alleyway, I found a way to make it happen four years later. And yep. I got them t-shirt, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not normally by that point you have moved on to other stuff. And I have, but in the back of my mind, there's still that idea of, no, I want to see this happen. So my approach to getting stuff done more often than not is just sheer stupid tenacity just uh the same way as uh, if i look at if i look at my computer files i have notes and i don't mean like a page or something i have sometimes 30 40 pages of notes on probably 10 different novels 
that I've never written yet, but they're still there. I haven't forgotten about them. And um, now with Caravaggio, I am writing one, so I'm uh, slowly working my way. So it's a lot of it is, which brings me back to Strobel Nation with the idea, you know, how long have you been talking about it? A long time. Yeah. Hasn't happened yet. Who cares? It's still, you haven't let go of the idea. You are still on the track to, okay, just because it hasn't happened as fast as I would have liked to doesn't mean that I've abandoned it. And sometimes that counts more than initial enthusiasm. Sometimes, yeah, you don't get it done in the time frame that you wish when you think of the idea. Like, I want to see it tomorrow. It's like, well, we all do, but good luck with that. Yeah. But sometimes just holding on to it and figuring out ways when conditions change to make that happen, that counts for a hell of a lot. I, just, I mean, other, first of all, a lot of these ideas aren't fully formed enough to be executed. Right. So they need that percolation time. Yep. And now we're kind of at this perfect moment where, all right, because we were definitely upset. Man, we left a lot of shit behind. We did a lot to that. And, you know, I knew, I, I remember when I was doing the Soil movie, the story of the guy that had spent mm -hmm. seven years getting this land that he was leasing from somebody put together only to have the son say, I want to grow hemp now. Yeah. And they were out with the tillers the next day, and it was done. It sort of felt that way with this backyard, but now with the new one, it needs the love. We've learned so much, and it's going to be fun. I mean, at the very minimum, just to document it along the way, it's going to be a blast. And the pressure doesn't need to be there either. We're just we're going to do this, so we're just going to have it so everybody can join along with us, put a website up so we can uh, you know interact and share yeah. advice and. Since you're telling us, uh, I've, we have both been completely assuming that people know what we're talking about. For people who don't, do you want to give a little spiel on the whole Strobel Nation concept, what you are planning on doing? Yeah, we um, we learned because the soil was so bad in our in our backyard initially, we were either going to have to pour tons of potting soil and, and, and fertilizer into it. And I learned, just stumbled on it on the internet that folks were taking straw bales, and as I say every time, not hay, straw bales. If you use a hay bale, you'll have a chia pet the size of New York. Um, you can actually build a garden. You you super soak them with nitrogen and then, then regular garden, organic garden fertilizer over a two-week period, and after that time, this straw bale is beginning to de decompose internally. It gets 40 degrees warmer inside as it begins to um, percolate up. And at that point, you can plant directly into it, and we've had fantastic success growing things, and we get better at it every year. So, and the one, the thing that really excited me is this is something where anybody with a south-facing balcony can do can do it, you know, and with minimal. It doesn't stink. It's not. It's just at the worst, it smells like delicious topsoil. Not bad. And as I was de deconstructing the ones, because I <laughs> literally tore them apart and yep. scooped all the topsoil out of the backyard to bring to the new place because sure. we did transplant a lot of stuff like Gretchen's giant white sage. I mean, yep. I dug deep. I got a good root ball out of it, and I'm hoping at least half the ones we pulled are going to survive. Right. And we started there, but it just, it's a fun thing to do. It introduces people into gardening, and we are at a time where we know so little about where our food comes from. Uh -huh. The whole notion of, 
going out back and getting a tomato or getting some cucumbers or to my favorite zucchini having to buy zucchini after the season is over yeah. kills me yeah but um well, just something that everybody could enjoy and it's fun to go along and you're not really making a big risk i mean it's like an 80 dollars investment that seemed more than fair. Speaking of which, I'll need your coaching because I've been, uh, I planted potatoes. I just dug them out. They grew about the size of my fingers. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I have like eight potatoes the size of my fingers. That's not exactly what I was shooting for here. Did you try them though? Did they taste good? I haven't tried them yet. They are. Um, are they nice and I'll, orange inside? I'll show them to you. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they look like they're going to be fine. Yeah, our potatoes, we tried We tried both the little, like, white russets and the sweet potatoes. And the only difference, you have the bag going there. I, um, every time, <laughs> we have a loquat tree that we have super, uh -huh. the thing has grown insanely because after we're done, we would clean up all the extra hay because there's still some yeah. of it left and pile that underneath so let it continue sort of. So we had this endless supply of soil. So with ours, it was pretty much a half hay half of this good soil combination that we just made about yeah. i don't know foot and a half tall pile and just when good eyes are coming out of a of a old potato potato right. that's gone throw it throw it in put it down deep and um it was a phenomenal but we had about the size of racquetball for the regular potatoes it's not bad. but by god they tasted like real potatoes and there's obviously more to learn with the sweet potato I just took a whole one that was definitely kind yeah. of rooting out and let it go. And I really had a lot more greenery come out than you did. So I don't mm -hmm. know what the difference may be. I had it planted differently. Right. Um, it was a very sunny spot. And uh, in the end, these weren't massive either, but by God, it is the most delicious sweet potato I've ever had. No, I mean, I'm down with quality, but if quality is the size of my finger, you know, I need a little more to eat. No, we'll that's figure it not out. Even, so, um, that's, yeah. that's the glory of it. I mean, just this past year we learned. Experiments, right. The we, thing I don't like about gardening is that each experiment takes a season. Yeah. So it's not that you can experiment and you go, oh, that one sucked. Next week, let's try this other thing. It's like a year later, you're like, okay, let's try again. So by the time you learn, it may be a while. Well, and what I learned is like when you went like, like peppers, we're still trying to figure out peppers. Yeah. And it was, I was getting the notion because tomatoes and other herbs very much like sunshine right. and tons of it. Yeah. And I thought they would be the same, but you're talking experimentally wise. You can get these six packs. Yep. So we got a couple of six packs of each kind of pepper, and we put them in three different positions. Mm -hmm. And we learned, indeed, they do not like direct sun at all all gotcha. day. They want a good sunny blast for about six hours, and those the best bell peppers we ever got. Those are the ones who do well, right? So that's the way this experiment's going to be. And with this massive yeah. backyard, we're going to try everything a few different ways, see what we get, put it into the record books, and then find out, oh, it wasn't that at all. It was the boron from the saltwater. Well, <laughs> the ones that you do have figured out, please come help out, because the only things that I can do reliably well has been uh, tomatoes, tomatoes, Swiss chard, and not a whole lot, a little bit, well, the herbs, of course, you know, the rosemary, oregano kind of thing, because those are easy, but, um, but that's pretty much the extent. You know, I get the occasional zucchini doing not horrible. I get a few, but... But really well is only Swiss chard and tomatoes. So let's, uh, I would love to expand the range. 
So we'll try to get that up and running very shortly. I mean, I am no, I'm determined to do it this time because I'm going to be doing it anyway. Right. So we're just set up. I'm thinking it's like probably two videos a month. Great. With a supporting website where we can just get crazy and talk about everything and trade ideas and try a little bit of everything. So for those of you guys who are thinking of uh, growing, that would be a good resource for you guys. Absolutely. You know, speaking of my we- weird uh, psychological mechanism, one is the stupid tenacity. That is definitely one of my strengths. Another one that's funny, well, this is mildly psychotic, but it's interesting how it works. So I had, um, <laughs> I managed to get a little bit ahead enough with History on Fire that I could take some off time off from it and just focus on because uh, I've been wanting really badly to write this damn novel about Caravaggio I got like maybe 17,000 words last year but now it's almost a year later and I was like come on man we need to get this going and I started I got maybe another 10,000 words and then I got stuck and I was stuck for like two weeks or something and I was like okay this sucks what's uh and it was funny so in this uh, horrendous moment of writer's block I um, I got frustrated enough that one day when I knew I had a few hours, I was like, okay, I have, it's 4 p.m. I have not, that's all I'm going to do from here on the rest of the day. So you have the time. Um, I don't need fantastic quality. I don't need even massive amounts. I need a bare minimum of a line, like something that break the ice. Sure. Ideally more, but let's start with... <clears throat> And uh, and I pulled out my knife, placed it right next to the computer on the table, and I was like, if you don't get done one line by the end of the day, you should be chopping off the tip of your pinkies. <laughs> That's how it's going to go. And uh, <clears throat> the funny thing is that when I thought that, I wasn't thinking I'm only saying it. In my mind, is like, but the point is, it's never going to go there because the time when I'm that serious, where it's like, no, man, it's do or die, Something's it coming. will happen. Yeah. That's not even so. Or there will be blood. Or there will be blood, right? <laughs> so, of course, within 20 minutes, I had a couple of paragraphs in. I was like, oh, okay. So I really needed just this do or die back against the wall mentality where I'm like, take no prisoners this is it this is uh, if you fuck this up you should bash your head against the wall kind of thing and i don't know why but i tend to operate well when i put myself in a situation where there's no like you have to do it there's no other ifs or buts about it and again you want to be realistic you know it's like if i tell myself right uh, five great pages by the end of the day I'm great tough word probably not gonna happen and even five it's a lot yeah you know? but giving yourself a minimum goal that you're like dude i'm not asking for the moon here i'm asking for something so make that happen makes a difference and then anything beyond that is gravy right it's extra it's okay you actually got paragraphs done that's fantastic that's not the minimum baseline we are asking for to keep your pinky it's <laughs> just the and uh i don't know man i i like that mindset of just dead serious sometime when you just go in and you're like you know what there are no because i think one of the problems that we all run into uh, these days is distraction 
and uh, and especially when it comes to creativity where we all find excuses not to deal with some but it doesn't even have to be creative it can be cleaning your house they are postponing forever because and so we find 10,000 things to distract us to take our mind away from the task at hand whether it's because of fear of failure or whether it's because, you know, there are 10,000 psychological reasons why we sabotage ourselves, but the distractions are never ending, right? Because if you did this in uh, 1980, you were in your room with like two channels on TV, the distractions were somewhat limited. You know, there was only so much you could uh, fuck around before eventually you're like, okay, here we are, I have to face this. Now you can spend, we have built a culture where you can spend lifetimes being distracted with a never-ending supply of stuff. Of stuff you like. No absolutely. Less. It's not just, oh, this little crumb of garbage. Yeah. No, we've had no internet for the past week since oh, we that got it. Let me tell you, talk about cleaning. I clean the refrigerators top to bottom. Those yeah, nasty yeah, son of a yeah. bitches who desperately need it. Unbelievable. And like getting the show done the other night. You yeah. know, I had a two-hour window. Jumped right in, and when there's nothing to click over onto to look at, yeah, you just take care of goddamn easier. business. I may not get it installed if it wasn't for the fact that I have to have it. Right. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It almost needs to be a function on your computer where you can disconnect. I guess there is. You just unplug it. But to not have the internet, it's all wireless. It's all in your face. It's always yeah. constantly a click away. But it's unbelievable how much more effective I've been without it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly where I'm going with it. And just where, dumb shit, checking yeah. a checking a game score, or something you know, just something that doesn't need to happen. But or, oh, I'll just click real quick, and then you're down the rabbit hole. Or it needs to happen one a day. You know what I mean? Nobody say you shouldn't do it. Yeah. But if you check uh, morning and night, you're good. You had plenty of access to. The problem is the twenty four seven kind of vibe where you feel the need to. Ah, it's only five minutes. It's only a minute. I'm just gonna check this one thing, and it's like, yeah. oh, I better answer that email right now. Yeah, oh, but yeah, 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 yeah. Someone mentioned that. That's a great idea. Check in the morning. Yeah. Check at seven o'clock. Yeah. And don't look another time. Because you are still checking twice a day. You will respond twice a day. That's a pretty fast reply rate. That's you're yeah. still checking things when you need to. So yeah, it was um, there was a, an article that uh, Chris Ryan posted on his Twitter feed. Um, I strongly recommend. You know, when it comes to people who are, I hate the word public intellectual. It makes me throw up. And to be perfectly honest, actually, most of the people who fit the definition of public intellectuals make me throw up. But when it comes to Chris Ryan, I just find that man, if you read his books, they're one better than the other. His um, his take on the world, his worldview. I find myself strongly, not just agreeing, but strongly feeling like that's a really good way to explain it, to break it down to. And a really good take with a lot of bad news. Yeah. So <laughs> I like the man a lot. But in any case, uh, point being, he posted his article from The Guardian. He was by... Eh, I lost the author, but in any case... The, um, the point of the whole thing, which I found was brilliant. Uh, oh, it was um, Johan Hari. Yeah, that dude. Stolen, um, from a book called, um, is it a book or an article? Stolen Focus, Why You Can't Pay Attention. Oh. It's really interesting because it kind of shows how on one level, I mean, yeah, there's stuff that you can do individually for sure. 
to try to stay focused, to try to limit the distractions. But at the same time, he's saying you're going against a whole social system that does the exact opposite, that is built on playing with your interests, your desires, your this and that too. And he tells this one story that's downright hilarious of taking his uh, nephew who really badly wanted to see Graceland and was a huge Elvis fan and all of it. So he was like, okay, if you you are unmotivated, you don't do shit, you spend your day looking at the phone and texting and this and that and that's all you ever do, let's do this. I'll take you to Graceland you put that goddamn thing away for the few days we're gone. Of course, the guy doesn't do it. You know, he's like, has the phone under his pillow and he's like, no, what I meant was I'm not going to take calls, but of course I need to do Snapchat and text. What <sighs> are you thinking of? I'm... And the funniest part of all is say that when they are inside Graceland, where they hand you an iPad to kind of guide you through the whole place, <laughs> he said they are in this room and there's this couple next to them and the husband is showing the wife like swiping to the right like look at this thing it's amazing and harry's like i'm sorry to interrupt but do you guys know that that thing is 20 feet away right there like you can look at it directly it's there and they are look at him like he's weird and they go back to their ipad that's scrolling and looking at it on the ipad the thing that's in that room they are looking on the iPad at the room they are into rather than actually looking at the room. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so have we fallen that far? Yeah. So he was like, holy shit, this is an issue. This is a bit of uh and again, <sighs> this is not the Luddite thing that says uh, technology evil live like the unabomber in the middle of a cabin in montana while you prepare your bombs to destroy civilization you know it's like as in most good old-fashioned Taoist approach it's not this or that it's this and that right it's like there's some great stuff come from technology there's some great stuff that come from having internet access there's nobody saying that that's evil and to be rejected but there are ways to try to structure your life in a way where that stuff serves you rather than being just this never-ending time suck that actually damage your life. Now, that's, that story scares me to death. Right? That's pretty trippy. But unfortunately, and I mean, I have to say, the way I've used uh, internet for the past whatever many years, I can see the problem with that. I, I'm desperately trying to do exactly that and to just say, look, I'll respond to messages in the morning, I'll respond to messages in the evening. I'm not going to have this damn thing open all day. And then half of the time I find myself failing and I'm like, I'm going to check that one thing. And it's like... Well, it doesn't hurt that it'll beep at you. Yeah. Well, no, I hey, don't have ding, that. Ding, ding, ding. I do not have notices, notification, any of that, because that's the end of yeah. that goes to hell real fast. But even without it, you know, psychologically, you have this. You're, when you're used to being distracted 24 7, when you're used to getting the little. Uh, I don't know if it's a dopamine inter. Like, I don't know the chemical process, but definitely people get off on like the interactions, the likes, the comments, the reply, the this, the that, you know, or it just may be that the brain likes to be distracted. You know, if you try to, uh, if you try to spend uh, five minutes meditating when you are not used to it and you see the way your brain goes in every possible place other than the year and now, uh, you know, you can see how the brain is 
even without technology, is very well uh, set up for that. I just where are we at? I mean, there's a there's a outdoor patio of the cafe at the observatory, and I'll go down and eat a sandwich down there. But the people watching is epic, especially oh, yeah. with those backgrounds. Yep. And I watched some cat for like twenty minutes mm -hmm. do the same peace sign, smile, selfie. And he's an ugly fucker anyway, so it wasn't going to help, but... Right. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a... I mean, it's a vicious cycle. It's a, And going back to Chris Ryan, I guess, really, I find one of the greatest books in terms of explaining where the world is right now is his Civilized to Death. Yeah. It's a fantastic book. I'm rereading it right now. Speaking of notifications, uh, Rich Phone is blowing up as we speak. Sorry so about that. I'm causing all kinds of problems today. Um, oh, speaking of books, Sebastian Unger has a new book called Freedom. What's that about? It's great. Apparently, he and some pals went to just walk in the rails to see what freedom was all about and being separated from society and just, mm -hmm. it's fascinating. Where did he go? Um, I don't remember the actual path they took, but it was kind of just through the Midwest. So and just like giant... Just roaming the rails, packed down to just I what see. you could carry on your back and getting mixed. You're hiding from the railroad people. Hobo lifestyle. Yeah, and would low roll into these towns, and sometimes the towns would be nice to them, sometimes yep. the towns wouldn't be, and just, you know, having it all down to, like, you know, toenail clippers, a yep. knife, a decent tarp, and a, and a backpack, and a little bit of food. Right. And they did it for quite a bit of time, and mm. it was a great read. He's a he's a very interesting writer. I remember his book Tribe at some really I great. I still insights. go back to that one yeah. all the time. No, definitely. He's and in many ways both uh, Ryan and Hung and um, Sebastian Hunger have uh, a lot of. They pick on some similar insights in many ways. Yeah, and it's um, about all the things we've lost. Yeah, and I really think in some ways uh, when in the entire like. So much of the self-help industry is based on what you can do. <clears throat> and don't get me wrong. Of course, there's an individual role. But also, let's cut some slack to individuals when everything around you in society is geared to push you in a certain direction. The fact that you may end up sliding in that direction is not necessarily a moral fault or the fact that you suck. I mean, think about like uh, nutrition. You know, the fact the whole... Uh, Obesity epidemic, the fact that so many people struggle with nutrition, they have crap food that they put in their body, they have... Jesus, man, yeah, there is an individual element, of course, you understand, but there's some that's also... You can't source it properly. Yeah, you have, like, companies with zillion dollars budgets who are trying to figure out ways to get you to eat their stuff. Yeah. And then you blame scientifically some... designed to tickle your senses properly. Yeah, and, and then like like a fucking Cheeto is designed so it doesn't register as digested because it turns to slurm in your stomach. Right, and, and these motherfuckers just eat it, eat it. Of course, and then you blame like a poor bastard for not being a. And it is his fault too. Yeah, it. And in fact, don't get me wrong. This is not a, as usual. This is not an either or. It's not a you absolve the individual from responsibility. No, of course there is such a thing as individual responsibility, and it is important, and you it can make a difference. At the same time, there are some structural issues that cannot be just discounted as oh well, that's secondary. Ultimately, it's all about the individual. It's like to a point, you know. Yeah. There's, uh, and I think that's what that article that I was referring to was interesting. That he was saying, look. 
individual steps to regain your sanity and your focus of course are important because if you wait for society to change you may be waiting the longest time but while you take those individual steps there are also certain things that should be advocated and emphasized on a structural level because your individual steps are really just sticking the fingers in the dam that's breaking you know it's like yeah i mean it's better than nothing you're doing something that may slow down for 30 seconds the flow but ultimately that flow is still coming unless you do something about it it's gonna be very 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 hard to maybe you win the battle you yourself but most of the people around you including the close ones are not and so there are multiple levels that you need to act on both individual and not which makes sense to me because it's um it's a tricky one man it's um <sighs> Well, when Sigmund Freud's son got into the advertising business, that was bad news. Yeah, I mean, like, what is advertisement? Advertisement is built on Lying. the idea that your life is missing something. Yeah. That you need something else to fill up your life. So buy this thing that's going to bring you happiness. Buy this thing that's going to bring you whatever it is that's lacking in your life. If you only have this other thing, everything is going to be great. What a bunch of lies. And don't get me wrong, there's something good about knowing some options out there. You know, it's like, but my attitude with this is like, I mean, even, for example, at the smallest possible level, when we have done ads in the past for things that products or services or things, it's like, hey, man, if you feel that this is the stuff that you're in the market for, if this is what you need, if this is great, but if you don't need it, good for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there's totally. nobody said that everybody need to buy this one product in order to be happy. Fuck that. If you can be happy buying less, good for you. And, of course, that's not the way the advertisement business is built on. Hmm. We messed up again. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> you can see how that... Uh, it really is a vicious cycle that way between uh, people and you see the results you know you see the insanely high level of loneliness alienation depression all of that stuff that goes with a system where it's not really a system that's designed for human happiness let's put it that way it's designed for buying and selling it's designed for products it's designed for stockholders yeah it's uh, which in some ways is bizarre because even i mean this was actually a good chris ryan point that he made multiple times sometimes you talk to the people who are quote-unquote winning the game and they are just as miserable as the people who are losing the game. Yep. They just happen to sit on a pile of money, but that's not necessarily translating into great quality of life or happiness, you know? So it's, uh, you, you really almost feel like there's a system that's running the system, not that has nothing to do even with individual enjoyment, even at the higher level, even at the successful level. Isn't that terrifying? Yeah. Um, because if you just can blame it on the bad evil guy, it's easier, right? You have a face, a recognizable face. Oh, it's because of this bastard. Half of the time, that bastard is a victim of the same system that's uh, he's using it to exploit everyone else, but he's also getting screwed over in the process, In a, maybe not in a monetary sense, but in a different one. Or the rest of us are complicit just buying away from him anyway. Uh -huh. So, you know, if you hate him so much... Yeah, so it's um, it's an interesting... Uh, 
I mean, if you really want to go down to it, the, the conclusion that a lot of people draw is uh, humanity was designed for hunting and gathering. You know, the hunting and gathering lifestyle it was, is the one that provided the most happiness for human beings. Yeah. Four day, four hour work day. Right. The rest of it was Close enjoying community. time. With and, yes. and of course, this is not to say that, of course, there are downsides to it. Sure. Big ones. You know, infant mortality being one of them. Um, but, but the point being, so much of what we have done has taken us on this runaway train that it's hard to. So in that sense, it's like cut yourself some slack, cut other people some slack for not being perfect within a context that's really not designed for human beings to thrive on. Whether it comes to how you eat or how you handle your internet or how you handle, you know, the fear and outrage that most media is built on or how... Again, this does not mean, uh, oh, well, it's all structural, so everybody gets a pass for being a dumbass and making bad personal choices. <laughs> but at the same time, at least understand that the personal choices are not just the result of some uh, moral evil that this person has. It's a lot of damn pressure that everybody's under. I mentioned how pleased I am with playing with my telescopes. Do tell. Now that the job, job hunting pressure, I mean, now that the house hunting pressure's off, I had this first weekend where I got to go up three nights in a row mm -hmm. and show people awesome things in the sky. And it just seems like it's the great hope because it's kind of, it's, it's the exact opposite of what you're saying about the guy at Graceland looking at the damn yeah. iPad where Elvis's guitar is right next right. to him. These folks have to look through this thing, and it's the real deal. And I don't care how many posters or pictures on the internet or to actually have folks see these objects for the first time with their mm -hmm. own eyes through a telescope, yep. you can tell it affects them. It, it gets, not everybody, sure. but there's a good 30% are like, Oh my God! You know they had no idea; they'd never done this before. Right. The whole reason that observatory is there is that the guy Griffith J. Griffith, when they built the sixty-inch telescope up on Mount Wilson, like this is like nineteen seven, nineteen eight, he looked through that thing and said, "If I could show everybody in the world what I saw through this telescope, I think I could make this place a better place." And he was a bit of a scumbag, so we won't get into that. Okay, <laughs> but in the end. You know, that, that Zeiss Dome telescope I get to operate, which just blows my mind. Just talking about right. how things bend towards. Yeah. I came out here as a guy 16 years ago that wanted to sell a kid's show about astronomy. And by God, now I'm doing the online program for the Griffith, targeted fifth graders. It ain't exactly what I had in mind, but talk about the moment where now I can really, you know, Persistence. It's not like it was persistence. I pitched that thing 70 times. I got yeah. told no 70 times, never given up. But now I'm in a place where it may not be exactly what I had in mind, but, but there are it. elements. Yep. And here I am. And it's just. I dig it. 
stick to it. Is I just wanted to get back to that. I mean, you it's have important. no idea where you're headed, but nope. make sure you take time to, to do things you like, yep. to do things you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Life's too short. I know. I'm sure I said a hundred times on this show that that when we had the one day of a star party a month, it was always my favorite day of the month to mm-hmm. go down there and interact with these folks and show them things. It was easier when everybody wasn't sick. Yeah, but. I've refused to give up, even though sometimes it feels like society is just collapsing in on itself. But I do feel the majority of folks are decent people. Mm -hmm. They may be confused about things or upset about things they shouldn't be, and who's not? But we can't give up on it. Yeah, and even, uh, I mean... Even in a situation where, yeah, society may be eating itself or the larger picture may be darker than one would wish, doesn't mean you can be... Well, first, it's not hell. Let's be serious. You know, we Far have so much. Far from you know, it. But even if it was, uh, there's no rule that say you can't be kind in the middle of hell, you know? It's anything just uh, in a shitty, terrible situation, being able to do something nice for somebody, being able to be a decent person anyway. That's a hell of a powerful thing. That's as much as you can ask from a human being as possible. You cannot ask somebody to single-handedly change uh, the structural conditions around. But if you can do something on a semi-regular basis that's nice for others, that bring a smile to other people, that make a hopeless situation less hopeless. Yeah. That's being a hero right there. I can't think of a better approach to being a hero than that one, you know? Yeah. Not everybody's going to be world famous, but you can sure help the folks around you. So in the course of recent car rides, um, I happened to drive past Bakersfield. Ooh, there's a Sonic in Bakersfield. You get a cherry limeade there. (laughs) You know, I used to drive by there a lot in the southern Cal to northern Cal route through the 5 freeway. I thought I remember how awful it was. My memory was way more optimistic than the reality. For those of you folks who have never been through the um, through the lovely town of Bakersfield, Central Valley, right? Yeah, it's right above, out of. It's basically on the other side of LA when you cross the grapevine, and you're. Yeah. It's basically what happens to a town when its parents yell at it constantly that it will never amount to anything good, and the town grows up believing it. They believed it. That's Bakersfield. <laughs> It's the picture they use for Don't Do Drugs campaign. That's, you know, the streets of Bakersfield. I always felt that, like, probably in some parallel universe, judges used to sentence repeated offenders to living in Bakersfield instead of jail time. But eventually the Supreme Court stepped in saying, this is obviously cruel and unusual punishment. We cannot have this. It's like... Throw them in jail forever, not Bakersfield. Come on, there's a limit. You can't to be a, cruel, sir. Yes, and um, and I do feel that the odds that residents of Bakersfield uh, watch uh, The Walking Dead on TV, thinking it's a documentary, are pretty damn high. <laughs> you have been there. Yeah. Now, having said all these, of course, 
if you kind listener happen to be from Bakersfield, clearly we meant no offense. Well, we actually meant to say that yours is a lovely town and it's a shame that not everyone gets to live in such a delightful place, but not everyone can be so lucky. But uh, yeah, man, it's uh, an interesting experience. I think my experience, we um, had gone up to Death Valley to check that out when the super uh-huh. bloom probably yeah. six years ago. So on our way back to Cut Across to get over to the 101, we found ourselves in Bakersfield. And Death Valley, Bakersfield? Oh, yeah. Not a whole lot of difference. No. A few more buildings. Yeah, which is, makes it worse. But hot as hell. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's uh But, you know, Buck Owens and Dwight Yoakam came out for so that misery focused into their musical abilities. Sometimes something out. Exactly. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Poor Bakersfield. Yeah. Let the hate mail begin. Funky music means one thing. That's the end of another fine episode of Drunk Taoist, y'all. It is indeed, and we <laughs> had fun. So, hope you guys enjoyed it. If uh, I give them a reading assignment, if you want to be ready, check out Chris's. Yeah, Chris Ryan's Civilized to Death. Civilized yeah. to Death. We're gonna definitely dig deep on that one because it is a. Not a happy ending. It's a definitely a warning. Yeah, it's been on my mind a lot because I reread it and I I remember when I read it the first time, realizing how damn good that book is, and then rereading it a second time, feeling like just as good as as I remember it, if not better. So it's spot on. Um, yep. So we'll chat about it for sure coming up. Bye. Sweet. D B O L E L L I. Good shit. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dallas Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Danielli at D-Bolelli, that's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1, R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo! I don't want to hear this. No, you don't. <laughs> in questo cazzo, in questo caso, le provvidenza di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, yeah? Oh, man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs> this was great. It's fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've been yeah, having a great hour nice. here. Dun, dun, dun. Completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're outro. Oh, we're outro. Okay, sorry. So that's.
<laughs> so let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and... Uh, uh, your accent, it just... Whatever that movie is you were trying to tell me about... Can you translate for me, please? I believe the word was Tombstone. Yeah, that one, exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> now, most everybody thought... <coughs> Sorry. Well... <coughs> We'll do a cut on there. Or not. That was something else. <laughs> no, that's a bit too powerful. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work. Funky. Podcasting. It's like radio, but you can cuss. Why?